This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is April 22nd, 2019, and this is Monday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On The Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. Hope your weekend was filled with baseball, brunch, and bunnies. Let's power through the worst day of the week for the best sport in the world. Let's get to it. Judgment Day came for Tim Anderson and Brad Keller, along with Rick Renteria, but no one really cares about that, on Friday, April the 19th. Brad Keller was slapped with a five-game suspension for throwing at Anderson during their contest on Wednesday the 17th. Tim Anderson received a one-game suspension for celebrating his home run. No, uh, oh, for taking two steps toward Keller after getting hit in the rear. That's not it either. Hold on. For staring intensely at Keller. Nope, nope. I've got this all wrong. I'm a terrible podcaster. Ah, here we go. For saying a bad word. Tim Anderson. Go to your room. Here was what Anderson had to say. We're going to keep moving forward. That happened a couple days ago, so we're going to keep having fun and keep playing with a lot of energy and a lot of confidence. Tim does not think an appeal is worth it, citing, I think that's too much. I, I really just take this one day and use it as an off day. Keller is doing the opposite. He is appealing the suspension, which allows him to make his start tonight against Tampa, and Keller may not even miss a start even if he is suspended. Rick Renteria stood up for Anderson, saying this, Timmy is going to be Timmy. I can't place a limit on anybody's personalities. I can try to talk to all of our players like we do about what we think is the right thing to do. At the end of the day, everyone is an individual, and they can proceed as they should like the individuals that they are and do what they can do to hopefully minimize what everyone thinks is the issue. I don't even know what that means, Rick. Anyway. Timmy is a good kid and an outstanding baseball player and an emotional player, and I'll stand by Timmy. Blue Jays pitcher Marcus Stroman, who has been defending Anderson during this whole thing, recently said, felt like I needed to speak on this. You can't suspend someone for language. That's ridiculous. Also, what he said is also normal slang trash talk in our culture. I don't believe in beef, and I never take my battles off the field. I love competing against competitors. What happens between the lines always stays there for me. I never allow confrontations on the field that happen in the heat of moment to carry over after the game and cause me to change my view on the character of my opponents. I respect and love everyone. We all go to different places mentally on the field in order to compete at the highest level. I support passion and emotion. I've been authentic from the beginning. I will always speak my mind when I feel things aren't right, and I will always defend and respect our culture in the game. I stand with at Tim Anderson 7 on this. Now, I'm interested in what others think about the issue of language during a professional sporting event. Sure, talk how you want to talk and let people be the judge of what type of person you are or how you get labeled. You can't control what other people think of you. But there is a hint of hypocrisy here, in my opinion. The umpire's language is just as bad as the players and coaches, yet you'll never, you'll never see an umpire get suspended for it. 
I do understand that this issue is with the actual word that was used, a racial slur. Anderson, a black guy, called Keller, a white guy, the N-word. But here's the question everyone is asking. Can a word be a racial slur when it's not being used in that manner? Is it context the most important part when assessing the use of language in general? Just a question. I'm going to suspend my judgment at this point. According to the score.com, Yankee skipper Aaron Boone goes nuts and gets tossed on Saturday after Claiborne Torres' three-run home run that would have given the Yankees a five-run lead was reversed due to fan interference. Initially, the ball that Torres hit over the wall was ruled a home run while he trotted around the bases, but the Royals wanted a second glance. After a lengthy view, which in my opinion, if it takes longer than a certain amount of time, you need to let the call stand, the home run was rescinded and it was ruled a flyout. DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigt returned to their previous base. The inning continued with two outs and the Yankees were still up only 2-0. to zero. Clint Frazier then popped up in the next at bat to end the inning. Now, I think the call could have gone either way after looking at the footage, and therefore, it should have been left alone as far as how it was called. I'm not a big fan of the review system, mainly because it drastically slows up the game. I understand it has corrected a ton of terrible calls, and because of that, it's here to stay. But I'm between a rock and a hard place here. I do think that it's called a review and not a full-length silent film. If a play has to be watched over and over and over again, it's obviously not clear. Take a look for 30 seconds, make a decision, and move along. Umpires get booed all the time, and honestly, rightfully so in many cases. It seems to be getting worse. This month alone, to open the season, umpires are getting more press attention than the game and players themselves. However, on Saturday, those boos turned into cheers. Yahoo Sports reports that veteran umpire Jeff Nelson took down a fan running like a moron across the diamond during the Blue Jays' athletics game on Saturday. Many outlets reported that Nelson body-slammed the passerby, while one in particular called Nelson's takedown a chokehold. A chokehold. And I'm sure everyone has seen this over the weekend. You've seen the footage. But that description doesn't even come close to what actually happened. It was a simple grab and throw, and even that sounds more impressive than it actually was. This moron wasn't even the first fan to run out on the field that day. Earlier in the day, a fan ran onto the field and tried to steal Stephen Piscotty's hat. As he was attempting to return to his seat, the fans rejected him. He was quickly detained. And a Blue Jays shelling of the A's 10-1, to I'm sure these two fanatics covered the cost of admission. All right, lots to cover in today's injured list updates. Let's go. ESPN reports that Aaron Judge won't be back with the New York Yankees anytime soon. It's a further blow to an injury-decimated team with a mediocre record three-plus weeks into the season. New York's biggest offensive threat and the heart of its clubhouse went on the injured list for the third time in four seasons on Sunday, one day after he strained the oblique muscle on the left side of his abdomen while hitting a sixth-inning single against Kansas City. According to Aaron Boone, pretty significant strain in there. These next couple of weeks will kind of be a lot of just the healing process, so I think once we get through these first couple of weeks, then we'll have a better timeline. Blue Jays right-hander Matt Shoemaker is done for the year with a torn ACL. The injury occurred while chasing Oakland's third baseman, Matt Chapman, in the third inning. Once Shoemaker placed the tag on Chapman, he spun to avoid contact, and that's when the incident happened. He hobbled around before collapsing to the ground in pain. Simply by looking at his body language and his posture as he was helped off the field, he knew exactly what had happened. I was really hoping for a knee sprain, Shoemaker said. I knew what I felt. It didn't feel right, but I was just hoping for a knee sprain. And a tweet posted yesterday, Shoemaker had this to say. Words cannot describe my frustration right now, but I will continually remain positive and get through this being better than before. This is heartbreaking, but I guarantee you I'm staying positive through this whole thing and will continue to fight. 
All I want to do is go out there and battle with my boys and win. And it's devastating when that gets taken away from you. But like I said before, I will stay strong and positive and get through this. God has a plan for everything. And we might not know what that is all the time, but continue to trust. I love you all. And thank you for all the amazing support. God bless. Happy Easter. According to ESPN, the full-speed collision involving Pittsburgh Pirates center fielder Starling Marta and shortstop Eric Gonzalez in the outfield on Friday night sent both players to the injured list. Gonzalez will miss at least two months after being put on the 60-day injured list with a fractured collarbone, while Marta will be out at least 10 days while recovering from bruises to his abdomen wall and right quadricep. The Pirates are definitely saying both players will return this year, but early estimates are just that. Estimates. The Pirates caught up shortstop Cole Tucker and outfielder Brian Reynolds from AAA Indianapolis to fill in for Gonzalez and Marta. Cole Tucker is already producing with his first big league home run this weekend. The Boston Red Sox placed infielder Eduardo Nunez on the 10-day injured list with a mid-back strain retroactive to Thursday, the team announced. With second baseman Dustin Pedroia and infielder Brock Holt also on the injured list, the Red Sox called up infielders Sue Lin and Michael Chavis from AAA Paul Tuckett. Speaking of Dustin Pedroia, the Red Sox actually received good news in concerning the irritation of his left knee. Pedroia had this to say about the incident, more kind of scared me than anything. I was nervous, obviously, to feel that. We're just going to let it calm down for a few days, and then it should be all right. I hadn't had any issues up until this point. We will see. I'm still sticking with my prediction that I made earlier that this is his last year. Bleacher Report states that the Philadelphia Phillies announced Saturday shortstop Segura has been placed on the 10-day injured list because of a left hamstring strain. His hamstring injury slowed down this year, although the team didn't believe it would be necessary to go on the injured list. This prediction turned out to be incorrect, as a shortstop will now miss at least another week of action. The Tampa Bay Rays have placed outfielder Austin Meadows on the 10-day injured list with a sprained right thumb. Meadows was hurt when he awkwardly slid into third base on a two-run triple in the seventh inning of Saturday night's 6-5 loss to the Red Sox. He caught it a freak accident. The 23-year-old right fielder said an MRI showed some damage and that he would be examined by a hand specialist. NBC Sports reports that Red Sox have assigned right-hander Nathan Eovaldi to the 10-day injured list after finding a loose body and his right elbow per a team announcement. He's had a history of elbow issues and missed over two months of the 2018 season when he underwent arthroscopic surgery to remove loose bodies from his elbow last spring. For now, however, any definitive recovery timetable or pending surgical procedures have yet to be announced. After an initial scare with Jacob deGrom went on the injured list after complaining that his elbow was barking when he played catch last Thursday, he and the team have decided not to go through with the MRI. He resumed throwing over the weekend with no issues. DeGrom says, after getting some treatment uh, Friday and getting things moving around, I started feeling a little better. So I decided to throw today, referring to Saturday, and actually felt good with how it went. Today felt completely normal playing catch. I think after this stint, I'll be ready to go. And now it's time for a short list of our quick takes before we wrap it up. Quoting Larry Brown Sports, New York Yankees outfielder Jacoby Ellsbury is still under contract, and the team might actually be able to use him if healthy given their injury problems. Unfortunately for them, he isn't. Ellsbury, who missed all of 2018 with hip and foot issues, is still looking to get back on the field. According to manager Aaron Boone, however, his rehab has run into issues that have prevented him from resuming ball activities. He hasn't played since 2017. According to ESPN, Altani took batting practice with teammates for the first time since the operation, preparing to return to the team this season as a designated hitter. He also threw from 90 feet for the first time, but he is not projected to pitch again until 2020 as he continues with his elbow rehabilitation following surgery back in October the 1st. Otani said his solo batting practice sessions had gotten lonely. His teammates weren't the only onlookers he was hoping to impress. 
It was more about showing the front office and the medical staff that I am healthy and feeling strong, and maybe I can make my return early, Atani said through an interpreter. According to Baseball Musings, Fernando Rodney tied Cy Young for pitching appearances at 906. That ranks 24th all-time with nothing but relievers at the top of the list. And another milestone achievement, according to Sporting News, Albert Pujols recorded his 1,993rd career run batted in with a solo home run for the Angels against the Mariners. This blast, number 636 in his career, pushed Pujols one RBI ahead of Babe Ruth, who is credited with 1,992 by the Elias Sports Bureau. Now, there is a debate, and of course, because we all know baseball is the sport for divas, as to how accurate this milestone is, since the Elias Sports Bureau only recognizes Ruth's RBI starting in 1920, when it officially became a stat. So Baseball Reference reports that Ruth compiled 224 RBI from 1914 to 1919. But come on, nearly 2,000 runs batted in is not an achievement worth scoffing at. Put your calculators back in the pockets, you nerds. Sunday afternoon against the Royals, James Paxton went six shutout innings and struck out 12 batters. This makes him just the second Yankee ever to have at least 12 strikeouts and back-to-back starts. MLB Stats goes on to say that he joins Clayton Kershaw and Roger Clemens as the only pitchers ever to have 12-plus strikeouts, one walk or less, and zero earned runs and back-to-back starts. That's impressive. According to thescore.com, Padres' first baseman, Eric Hosmer, needed nine stitches inserted above his right eye on Saturday after falling while exiting the team's sauna. Hosmer felt lightheaded because of the heat and briefly passed out, leading to a cut on his forehead. He was okay. It was in Sunday's lineup against the Reds. According to calltodepend.com, since Chris Davis broke his hitless streak by going three for five with four RBI last weekend, he has seven hits with three doubles in his last 17 at-bats. He has driven in six runs and just missed hitting his second homer of the year. Now, as an Orioles fan, I've watched Davis for quite a while. This is not a hot streak. This is just actually showing up for work. He is a streaky hitter, and typically that is okay when you are driving in over 100 runs and hitting 50-plus homers a year. But I'm not buying into one good week of expected average play as any type of streak worth mentioning, yet I mentioned it just now, so I'm a hypocrite. That'll do it for me. This has been Monday's edition of On the Hop News. And don't forget, a baseball game is simply a nervous breakdown divided into nine innings. Talk with you tomorrow.